Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hi, everybody. It's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Oranga, and I am here because every now and then I give Terry a call, and I say, Terry, I got somebody who's so awesome that needs to be on your show, but I want to be the one to interview them. <laughs> and she says, sure, Betsy, come on on. And I'm happy to be here today because I do have somebody very awesome. I can't believe he hasn't been on Voice America Radio before because he's such an amazing speaker, motivator, and just an all-around fantastic guy. His name is David Geslack, and he is the director and the founder of Exercise Connection, which is a truly internationally renowned autism fitness program. And he has been doing this for 10 years. He is such an expert and working with these kids, his dedication is par none. He's just like, just, just fantastic in the way he motivates not just kids with autism, but their parents and their families to get up and get moving. David, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Ms. Betsy Hicks. Always wonderful to hear your voice. David and I have had the pleasure of speaking at many conferences together. I'm always very relieved and happy when I see his face there because I know it's going to be a fun conference if David's around. And, you know, I guess part of it, David, that I really need to hit home is that there are people who work in the autism field because it's a profession, and there are people who do it because Yes, it's a profession, but it is a huge motivating part and passion in their life, and that's what I see in you. Can you talk a little bit about where this all came from and why you work with exercise with the kids? Yeah, um, the long, really, story short was I started working, it was in 2004, with a boy um, who was on the spectrum. And at the time, his dad didn't really share much with me, but I could tell something was wrong a little bit socially and then specifically gross motor movement wise. Um, he couldn't skip and his parents knew um, how important that was to the brain and both hemispheres um, working together. And when um, I ended up after about four one hour sessions, I taught him how to skip. And not only did I teach him how to skip forwards and I could teach him to skip backwards. And uh, it was truly amazing. And really, ever since then, I've kind of been hooked. Um, I, I was extremely motivated. You know, exercise has been always my thing that I've always wanted to do. Um, but when I found the autism community and to help these children and, and then help the families and educate them, um, you know, this is where kind of I think God told me I needed to be. So. Um, I've been doing this, like, uh, actually I think this is nine years, going on my ninth year, and um, have obviously traveled around and, and spoke and continue to 
um, just to, to help educating families um, and professionals. Um, so, so, the, so I, I think the first thing that goes into my head, though, David, is, is you're talking is how do you teach a child that is maybe impaired in their learning ability? Well, there's a couple and not things. Not just child. I should say adult as well, too. I can't. I don't yeah. want to just break this down to the children. And and you're right. Yeah, I, I often write or explain children when I do mean adults because I've worked with all ages from as young as three and a half all the way into the 60s. Um, but the now my background was primarily exercise. Um, I have a degree in health promotion. I'm a strength and conditioning specialist and a health fitness specialist. And I never really had any formal special education or adaptive physical education training. Um, so I truly see these children and adults for their capabilities and not their disabilities. The ultimate challenge and the million-dollar question that parents want is, how do I get my children engaged? Um, I wish I had that answer for everyone, um, not only a child or adult with autism, but even a neurotypical individual. Um, but with children with autism, there's two things that I found. One that I think is the utmost importance is to be engaged and be active with your children, your child, or even the children or students you're working with. Um, because these, obviously, as we know, these kids may not be able to communicate with us. Um, they may not understand everything that we're verbally saying, um, but if they can see you or me active, um, I, I know it's going to better engage them. And then two, um, Again, whether they're nonverbal or verbal, I think the most, imp- uh, the second most important thing is having visual supports in place, mm-hmm. and and combining the visual support along with your modeling the exercise. Um, that's how I really started seeing my success with the kids. Well, I I I, I want people to also hear about what exercise can do for the brain. And, and um, I have to say that I don't know if I would have even said I believe this a year ago um, as much as to how good it, it, it can do. But about it's been about a year and a month I started um, a regular workout routine uh, two days a week. Now I've, since then I've upped it to three days a week. And I can't begin to tell you how much it's done for my processing ability. It just, you know... Those are my sharpest days. My most on days are the days that I have the have the workout, and just I feel that everything is flowing better in my brain, and and it's just it's all working coming together better. And I'm assuming that as somebody who studies exercise, that's one of the, it's, it's a really important reason that we should be exercising. Right. Well, there's multiple research studies on why exercise is beneficial, and we we hear it all the time, especially obviously just you know starting the new year of why it's so beneficial. Um, However, and there is exercise um, or there's research for children with autism or adults. Um, I still think it needs to be more research, um, but there are um, research studies out there that say that exercise can help reduce anxiety, improve sleep, and again, that's a child with autism, but same thing for for neurotypical. Um, It can um, help calm maladaptive behaviors, it can um, improve self-confidence and self-esteem. Um, and these, most of these studies are also done on the immediate, meaning let's say you are working with your child 
and, um, you know, let's say a, a classroom task, um, maybe doing a worksheet. And the, the exercise, or excuse me, let's start with the exercise. So we do our exercise and then immediately go and, let's say, do that worksheet. That is when you're going to see your increase in attention span or on-task behavior. You're not going to see it, you know, if we did, let's say, your exercise routine Monday and then Thursday he's better engaged. Just like what you're saying about yourself. Yeah, you, you ultimately feel better um, that day of. Or I know I'm a morning person, so when I do my exercise in the morning, I am good throughout the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. But, so oh, does that answer your question a little bit? Yeah, no, it totally did. And I think that that's really great that you cited all those ways that exercise can help because so many people think that the only reason you would exercise is to lose weight. And right. um, I just, it's great. I mean, you're so right. Reducing anxiety, all of those things, it helps help them sleep better. It, can, it gets things um, working in gears. So that's fantastic. And- yeah, and to go on about losing weight, there's no question it helps. And there may be a study out there that shows, obviously, a child with autism, by being an active and exercise routine, is going to lose weight or, or reduce their um, risk of obesity. I haven't found that specific exercise. If anyone listening has, send it to me. Um, but I'm not going to wait around for a study to tell me because if we truly see these children, the child first and the autism second, that's the way I approach it. So I know it's I know it's going to help them. I know it's not going to hurt them as long as we're doing safe um, exercise and progressing at a at a at a at a based on their abilities. Um, but yeah, it's it's not going to hurt. And the other thing that I'll be um, I've started to speak on um, because my fiance she's uh, a speech language pathologist is I started to find through her some exercise or excuse me some research. Based on exercise and the ability to help improve improve language development. Sure. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. And by simply adding, you know, some movement—I shouldn't say simply, but adding some movement throughout a child's day—can um, help even improve language development. I think it, what some parents might also be thinking too is my kid is so hyperactive he's exercising all day long and running around all day long mm-hmm. um can you address that what's the difference between a, an actual exercise routine versus just pacing or stimming something such as that yeah there well i think obviously you, children like that are active however then what i try to do or what i try to address the parents is that while they are moving and maybe it is a stimming or maybe it's a sensory issue, um, we want to make it structured and we want them to still understand what exercise is. The, the youngest boy I ever worked with was three and a half. Now he was doing everything that you had just mentioned, stimming, pacing around, and he was fairly nonverbal at the time. And I had no idea what I was going to do with him initially, but, I said, okay, I approach him like any other individual I've worked with is just get him engaged. And I was, and I used the visuals and we were, I was on the floor doing things, finding, you know, if he picked up um, a book, which one time he picked up, uh, what was it? It was um, uh, like a, an animal book. And thankfully I had visuals that were yoga based, which is animals. So all these poses I try to incorporate in between him and I trying to read the book and then try a pose. Um, so, 
those are, I think that's what parents need to understand is because hopefully, you know, your child or the child that may be working with will maybe lose those stereotypical behaviors of skimming and pacing. And then what happens? So we need to teach them at any age, but for sure the youngest age, and get them engaged in exercise, let them know that exercise is not therapy and that they can be involved in this. I love that, not therapy. It's about time we let the kids do something that's fun and playful. Okay, we're going to have to take a quick break, David. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of these programs you've developed. We'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. It's Becky Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga, and I have the wonderful David Gesleck here from Exercise Connection. Um, first, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri. And if you're looking for some awesome nutritional camel milk with no casein, give them a call at 417-848-7570. Um, and, of course, the upcoming Autism One Conference. Oh, my goodness, David, it's coming up soon. What day are you speaking, David? I'm speaking uh, Friday morning, so okay, very so the excited. Con- the, the conference is from May 22nd to the 26th. I am going to be leading an all-day class on May 22nd with my husband, um, John Hicks, and a wonderful chef who is going to be bringing us all kinds of foods, ideas for fermentation. We're doing an all-day session from 9 a.m. to 4 o'clock on fermentation day, and um, this is the best thing and the most affordable thing that you can do for your overall health is to start working with fermented foods. So please join us on that Wednesday and definitely go see David on Friday. Would you know what time, David? Uh, I believe it's 845. And okay. I also want to mention, don't forget, we're, this is going to be the third year of the Dad's um, Night Out, uh, which is Friday evening. And I think we're still playing around with the start time, but it's going to be anywhere between 
six and seven, but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be six thirty. So the dads go out, um, give them a break and uh kind of the to be with their their peers and uh again this is the third year and it's been an amazing two years of really getting the dads connected and, and to open up over some pizza, some bowling, some pool and even a little bit of beer. So it's it's a really good time for the dads. <laughs> what dads get together most over. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you work with them on that. So going back to this exercise piece and and I'm learning a lot here because I I I know that you've recently developed some color coordinated programs to help get through to these kids and I've been so excited to hear more about that. Can you tell me yeah. more? And what, um, over the years, like I had mentioned, uh, visual supports have been, are so important and along, or for all avenues in regards to autism or special needs and re- to helping them communicate and understand what we may be asking them or maybe a task, um, or, or that they, we want them to complete. So, um, however, in regards to exercise, there really isn't that much or it's very generic. Uh, and what I mean by that is, um, when I had first started teaching at a school for children with autism, I was f- trying to find all these visuals. And for soccer, for example, it was just a ball and a half of leg kicking it. And it really doesn't tell us much or our children much of what we may be asking them to do. Um, so, for example, with soccer, um, I started to develop um, visuals that were more functional in, in teaching and breaking the sport down. And then in regards to exercise, the same thing, having to break down different movements or movement patterns and then teach them to our kids. So this whole system is called the visual exercise system. And there's three um, systems. One is the five components of physical fitness. Um, the other is sports, and the other is yoga. And those are all color-coded. And the reason that was done is, again, from a teacher's standpoint of when I would have all these visuals out, I'd literally have, you know, probably, um, I don't know, when each kid had a schedule, an individual schedule, and I had 10 kids, so I probably had at least, you know, 60 to 70 visuals on the ground or in use at one time, but if they were all white, it was really hard for me to stay organized with. Sure. So I um, decided, I said, okay, well, there's got to be a better way to do this. And obviously I used the use of color, but not only is it beneficial from a teaching standpoint um, and an organizational standpoint, it's also beneficial to the children because therapy has been shown to be, um, ver- or excuse me, color has been shown to be very therapeutic and can grab uh, a child's attention more than typical just looking at something on a white piece of paper. So are you going from something like cardiovascular to a yoga pose to a to a contact sport? I mean is are you able to keep them you know keep them on track by switching things around a little bit and keeping keeping it different? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know again, keeping it different that's the ultimate goal to constantly change up. But I think the most important is finding a structure. Um, And the structure doesn't, within a solid and a a structured program, you can then alternate your exercises. So to give you an example of when I started, when I was working at the School for Children with Autism, I did a four-station model um, structured type program. So we would do a group warm-up, 
and we would do a group activity, and then we would go to four exercise stations, and then the kids would split up between the four. And then after the four stations, class would be over. However, that, that was the structure, and I never changed that structure for about a year and a half because it was working, um, I would see other developmental therapists throughout the school, you know, try things for weeks with our children and say, uh-uh, it's not working, we got to change it. When we know that these children at times don't, it takes some time to understand. Sure. So I never changed the structure. But then once they had this structure and these four-station models, then I can easily change and alternate lesson plans or activities at each station from week to week. But the structure always remained the same. So you do some sort, the thing that you do together is more, is it stretching warm-ups or is it cardiovascular, is there running involved or what are you doing together as a, as a group? Together as a group, uh, I would always do a circle, a group circle. And sometimes we would also do that in a cool down. And the reason for the group circle was not your traditional, you know, gym class where you'd line up, everyone face the teacher. Um, I would always bring a child into the middle of the group circle, verbal or nonverbal. If they were nonverbal um, or not, they could always choose a visual that they can pick on their own and then teach it to the class. Um, I do this with an, an adult group, and it's that's what I'm telling you. It's absolutely amazing to watch now how their self-esteem has changed over year, over a couple years now. And I don't even have – they can lead the whole class themselves and rotating and taking turns now. And these are adults who, you know, immobile, you know, 60, some of them 60 years old, um, but now it's, it's awesome. So anyways, um, they would, so that's how the group circle would work. And they would always take a turn or I would have a group leader for the day, always changing the group leader. Um, and then we may go to a group activity, um, which was usually a walk or there was a hill and we'd all run up the hill as a group multiple times and then go to our stations. But the stations, what was really important is that you always, or excuse me, you never left a child independent at a station or with his paraprofessional. I I always wanted two, at least two kids at a station working together. Mm. Very, very important for their social skills and development. Definitely. I can see that. Well, Okay, this is this is fantastic, and, and the reason this is just hitting home with me is, as I was telling you about a year ago, I, I actually what happened was I, I went for a walk, like a two mile walk, and I came back so winded that I knew that I needed to change something in my life. I ate well, I took supplements, but I wasn't getting any exercise. But exercise to me was so boring. I just could not stand the thought of sitting someplace and doing reps of something or just taking a jog or something like that. And I'll be the first to admit that I'm ADHD. So it was like I needed that changeover. I needed that motivation of the person next to me. So for me, the perfect example, the perfect fit for me was the boot camp model that's being brought up everywhere across the nation and where it, it... it works for me and others that are like me because it's a constant changing motion and we do do stations and it's every couple minutes I'm doing something different. So I never have an opportunity to get bored. Um, and it sounds to me like this is, this isn't a new thought that this is something that, you know, you've known for quite a while and especially working with those who don't have so much the patience to sit down and do 
30 reps of something. Right. Right. And and in the, um, in the, uh, the school, when I was at the school, um, they, the the children had never been used to a group of 10 or 12 at a time. Um, usually, you know, they're in, let's say speech therapy or some social skills group where it's only maybe three or four kids at a time. So I had to find a model, find a structure that would work. And obviously, just like you're saying with the, um, the group activities and keeping them motivated, um, and seeing them as peers work together, uh, it, 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 you know, it worked. Um, it took some time. That was one question I had about um, at a, a conference I recently spoke at, which was the first one, and I, or I've never had this question. It was like, well, is it is it always this easy, or can can all the kids do it? And if I'm making it sound um, to anyone listening or you that it's easy, no, it's it's not. This is not an easy. Um, thing to teach your children, especially when you're, um, you know, you have visual supports in place. Um, there could be obviously an environmental factor or, and you're using dumbbells or trampolines and jumping and all that. Um, but you have to be patient and you have to want to do it. You have to work at it. Um, but these kids can do it. We just can't, we can't give up on them. They can do this. It's so neat to hear that they can, and I completely believe it. And I do believe that the peer part is probably one of the most essential tools of this, so that's fantastic. Are there schools that are paying attention to you right now? Uh, yeah. Well, the school that I worked with at the time when I started developing all this was a school called Jeremy Um I was able to get I'm losing, um, David. I can't, I'm sorry. I was having a hard time. Your voice went out. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Okay. Um, there was a school called uh, that I worked at, and so I was able to get them a, a grant based on the program. Um, and then there was another school, um, which was an all-special-needs school. Um, they, too, I trained their staff of 80, worked with them, and they got a grant. Um, and then most recently, the adult group, and this is an organization here in Brookfield, um, Illinois, and it's called Community Support Services. And I've been working them for a number of years, and um, we started, you know, I said, hey, there's grants out there. Let's find them, and let's get some more stuff in here for you guys. And, again, based on the program, um, they were able to get a $12,000 grant from Blue Cross Blue Shield. Oh, my gosh. That is so fabulous. All right, we're going to take another break, and then when we get back, I want to hear more about uh, how to possibly get you into the schools. We'll be right back with David Gesslick. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. 
The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, and it's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga, and I am joined here with wonderful David Geslack of Exercise Connection. We're talking about different ways of exercising for individuals with autism, be it children or adults. David runs several programs and is, works with lots of different schools and organizations to help create exercise programs within their school. So one of the things I'm concerned about, David, is you know somebody um, who really doesn't have any background on this, just kind of thinking that they can get up and lead kids in exercise. What, what is the concern with that? Well, my concern was, or always been, you know, obviously I had no formal training until I really went to that school and started working with these kids. But spending years as a paraprofessional, excuse me, I spent about six, seven months as a paraprofessional. Now I that means I worked with all age levels, changed diapers on kids as old as 17, um, and saw all the therapies that they're involved with. Um, so that was a huge training for me in education. Um, but my concern from an exercise standpoint was always that in the field of exercise, um, we don't, you know, we're not getting this education on special needs. Um, and also uh, there's... Uh, again, in this field of ex- exercise, sometimes the trainers, per se, aren't really highly educated, and they don't have to be. They don't have to go to a four-year school, but they can take a certification um, over a weekend. Um, some of that's getting better in this industry, um, but that is that is my concern is where some of these trainers think, oh, well, now I can, you know, I can go teach a child with autism, and that's a way for me to make money when... They have no idea. I mean, I had one individual call me once, and he goes, well, I've been working with a child who was Asperger's, you know, a little bit, obviously, higher functioning. And he's like, well, so I think, you know, what do you think? Can I do this? And blah, blah, And I said, well, I just want to let you know, you know, you could, if you work with a child at this ability, you know, you may get bit, punched, scratched. You may have to change right. the diaper. And he's like, oh, they're like that? So, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. So that's gosh. my concern. That's my concern. If if these yeah. groups try it and then and you know, Betsy working with these families, the parents know if the instructor's genuine and, and they know if they're yeah. truly doing something to help and as quick as the parents may adopt and love you as a trainer or a therapist or whatnot, they can easily flip the switch and say, No, you're not you're not doing it for my kid. Totally. So, you can totally see somebody who loves your child for all that they are as opposed to somebody who's just tolerating your child because it's their job. And right. um, that's what of, that's part of what I said about you in the introduction is that I know your passion with these kids, and it's so fantastic. So I know that if I were, if my son were younger and just in a school system where I could make a difference, the first thing I'd want to do is say, how can I get my school to apply for a grant to get you in there? I mean, do these things need to come up in IEPs? What can we do as parents to demand more of your 
of, of this of your existence in their schools? Yeah, well, I think in regards to IEPs, at least in the state of Illinois, it's not really a mandatory thing that they are getting this exercise. It, it may or getting exercise, but you know, physical therapy may be um, um, a thing or a, a part of their IEP. However, um, I've seen kids, specifically in the school that I worked with, who had some very needy, uh, he needed movement, he needed exercise, but because from a physical therapy standpoint, because he could walk from point A to point B without any pain or do it that looked, quote, you know, normal, they, they couldn't give him the service. And when I sat there with the director um, of, the, of the, his home school and, and the PT, and they said, well, he can do this, this, and this, and they were, you know, typical things that they were testing him on. And, and I said, well, and, and I kid you not, Becky, I, or uh, Betsy, I said, well, I took his uh, blood pressure, and his blood pressure was 160 over 100. He was 10 years old, by the way. And then I said, I also took his body fat percentage, and he was, um, he was over, I think he was like 40% body fat. And, and then, and they just, their mouths dropped and they didn't say anything. And now here's Dave, the exercise guy, you know, telling them this and they're like, and they just shrugged their shoulders and said, we can't do anything. I yeah. said, so in, in, in five years, um, you, you know, we're going to be having this conversation again because his knees are knocked. He's got so much weight. He was 240 pounds. Oh my goodness. But it wasn't, it wasn't wow. a priority. Wow. Yeah. I've got all the measurements to show you. It's ridiculous. Okay, so what I'm thinking is that these, you know, I, I, the I know in, in, in Joey's situation, the school had to cut back on occupational therapy and physical therapy because they couldn't afford it so much. Uh-huh. And I was okay with it because we had this amazing PE coach who was, absolutely phenomenal with him and she just got him so engaged in doing all kinds of things. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if they can't provide the OT and PT for expense reasons, I would think an exercise program with somebody who's qualified to teach the existing staff would cost them a lot less than having to bring in a lot more PTs and OTs. Absolutely. Um, And um, obviously the instructor is key. Also the other thing is to have those visual supports and being a teacher I knew that um, how how vital those supports were, but it was tough to create them. It was tough to um, spend the planning period and put all those together, and it would take a long time. So that's why the visual exercise system that I had mentioned earlier is pre-made. Um, it's all ready to go once the school gets it. Um, but here's the one thing that I didn't mention that I am so pumped about is that the visual system is being built by individuals with autism. So I'm now providing jobs for individuals with autism and they're building the system for other kids. Oh my gosh, that's even better. That's great. So are they, are they in a compact format? How, what are they exactly building? So what they're building is the small visuals, which if, if you probably know, it's pretty standard, you know, about two by two inch pictures um, that are all Velcroed, um, and they go in a binder, again, a color-coded binder. So the color coding also had a very, it has a tremendous impact on the individuals building the system because it can keep it neat and keep it organized and, and give them that confidence in a work environment. 
Um, they're also getting um, a large visual, an eight and a half by eleven. Um, so for kids are visual, maybe visually impaired, or just for the instructor, to, that could be the one that they go off of. And then the child has the smaller visuals for their um, for their personal exercise schedule, which they get. Okay. Uh, they get first end boards, countdown boards, and uh, I think that's it. Oh, and a manual, of course. Okay. Right. And a manual there, to go along with Are there any DVDs it. or any? No. No, just a manual. Examples? Okay. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, do you have any videos on YouTube or anything of you in action so people can see that? Very good. I'm glad you brought this up. Um I do. I I did have some videos on YouTube, and they're not relevant anymore. However, um, coming, uh, we're, we're hoping is in April. It's going to be called the Coach Dave Show, and it'll be okay. available on what's called the Autism Channel, which is uh, will be available right now, or is available right now on Roku devices, um, which is like uh, a device that you can get for your TV that hooks up to the TV and the internet. So with the Coach Dave show, there's children. Um, I have a, I should say children, adults teaching the exercises with me. It's it's awesome. So we're hoping to launch the first show in April. That's fantastic. And so they can learn all about that on your website. Yes, we're getting all the the visual exercise system is coming on the website. Um, if you have information or you want have questions, just email me. That information is on my website, which is E C E is an exercise, C is in connection, autism.com, and E C autism.com. And then the Coach Dave show and everything, um, we're going to have that up again, hopefully around April, where everything will um, be available. Great. Dave, I know you've traveled a lot internationally, and mm-hmm. um, I'm curious to know what you have noticed. Um, as being different trends in different parts of the world? Um, you know, well, you and I were in Barbados together. Um, I was in Cairo, Egypt, and Dubai. And what I I've noticed... I've been to Dubai, too, so... so oh, I, okay, yeah. I get both of these places, and I'm interested to see if you if you feel the same kind of as I, as I picked up on these places. I mean, well, I didn't know what to expect um, initially, but I, I think everything that we're experiencing here, it doesn't change. Uh, again, going back to visual supports, that's for some of the countries, that was my way of communicating with the in- instructors that I was teaching that didn't know English, but the visuals was, um, was, was, was the language to communicate with exercise. Um, with the kids and, and, and everything, I didn't get to see as many of the children um, I did see some in Dubai, um, but really, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's the same. And, and I didn't know what I, when I first went to Egypt was my first experience and I didn't know what to expect. But when I was in the one school presenting, the screams were the same, the behaviors were the same. Right. Um, it, it, it wasn't different, but we can all help each other and work together to really ultimately help our children get better. I have to say, we have patients in probably 15 different countries, and um, as I have traveled internationally and worked with so many kids, I mean, it's so tremendously universal. And uh, and I think, you know, the only thing that's different is the parents' attitude towards it, because in some countries, 
they see a child with autism as being great shame, where mm-hmm. in other countries, um, you know, they, and especially the United States, they're much more willing to bring children out and out in public if they are different, um, where you don't see that in a lot of other countries. They really keep them homebound for the most mm-hmm. part. So they, you, they don't even know that the, their epidemics exist in many countries because the kids just don't get out, don't get out of the house. Yeah, and I saw you're 100% right, and I actually saw that firsthand with with talking with the directors um, from the Advanced Center in in Egypt. Um, that's what they had explained. Uh, you know, it's just yeah, it's it's a it's a culture thing. I mean, Dubai seemed a little bit different because right. it's a little bit more obviously Americanized, but or maybe what is it Westernized, Easternized? I don't know. Um, I'm the exercise guy. I don't get all the terms right, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Egypt, uh, Egypt was exactly like you're describing. Um, and I think it was the same kind of similar to Barbados. Yeah, Barbados definitely. They're so, you know, um, Debbie Thompson Smith and Larry Smith have done so yeah. much to bring, um, great things happening to make change in Barbados to get these kids out and to get the schools just understanding what needs to be done to help work with autism. But I am excited for the, the programs and everything that, you, that you've offered. Um, we're going to go on to another break right now, and we'll come back and conclude our um, discussion today with David Gesslet from Exercise Connections. We'll be right back. Voice America Health & Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you figured out what's not working in your life? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaran, for Let's Figure It Out. Tamaran has had both highs and lows in her life. She uses her experiences to teach you some basic techniques on how to live a better life through health, relationships, and more. Her guests also come from the health and wellness industry, and together, Tamaran and her guests will help you get your life on the right path. Let's Figure It Out airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And it's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Oranga, and I'm here with David Geslack from Exercise Connection. One more thing I want to say before we go. I want to make, uh, we're going to finish this up here. I have uh, some stories I'm excited to hear from, from uh, Dave, but I want to remind everybody that Autism One is coming up 
May 22nd to the 26th, and please hit my fermentation day on May 22nd, a full day of making all kinds of things with healthy and happy probiotics, and then, of course, David's going to be speaking on Friday morning. So, um, oh, and one more thing, I do want to thank, once again, Humpback Dairies um, of Miller, Missouri, for the sponsorship and their wonderful camel milk. To get a hold of them, it's 417-848-7570. David, I'd love to know a story. I really would like to hear about some of your um, success stories. Can you share one for yeah. Love to. Um, that's you know, and, and I tell all the parents listening, and is you know, your children change me every day. They they challenge me to be at my best. They challenge me to create new routines, and I I love sharing these stories. And I hope that the parents listening or the professionals, if these really motivate you, um, to 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 make exercise a part of their life and your own. So. Um, the first one that I had mentioned in the beginning was Joseph. Uh, he's the reason I got connected with this community. And again, I'm forever blessed and thankful. Um, and was teaching him to skip after four one-hour sessions. And his smile was—I don't know. Actually, I don't know whose smile was bigger, his or mine. Um, but the fact that he was able to do that—it um, was amazing. And as his mom even said to me, um, "We're going to put you in our—I um, forgot what it was—like." The, the scrapbook that you know, oh. Coach, Coach Dave got him to skip. So, um, yeah, he will forever be a part of my life. Um, there's another boy, um, Rowan. He was three and a half. I had mentioned him earlier in the show when I started with him. And, again, he was running around, and um, I, I, I didn't know where I was going to start. I didn't know what to do. Um, but I just, again, like I said, engaged with him, and, and that's what I did. I engaged with him, added the visuals, and we started working together. Um, I, him and I could barely hold a conversation. Um, now, about two years later, um, again, this wasn't all exercise. This is, is the parents having a biomedical approach, the parents getting the services of speech, OT, um, developmental therapists at the school. Um, but now him and I can hold a conversation. Um, he's five and a half. Uh, some days he doesn't want to exercise, um, but he can do everything that, that I've asked, and his, his parents are amazed as well. But, again, it was a whole group effort in order to get him to, get him, um, to do this. And at five and a half years, he knows that this is Coach Dave, this is exercise, and it's not therapy, which I think is really important for parents to, to start to recognize because your kids will get older. And OT or PT, you may um, either graduate from those services or uh, God forbid, lose those services. But we got to keep our kids moving. Um, so that was my my, my little Rowan. Um, he's still a tiny little guy, but he keeps me on my toes every Friday. Um, and then there's one boy, I should say, adult. He's 25. I started with him a couple years ago and saw me at a conference, and. Um, he, every Sunday during the summer, he is on um, a softball league. Um, he's the catcher. However, at the time when I first started with him, he could not catch a ball. Um, it would always drop, or if he caught it, it, let alone with his hand or a glove, I mean, it was, he couldn't do it. Um, so, again, at this point, I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? But I started breaking it down, like I mentioned, break down the exercise, and we started with different types of balls, some that were sensory-friendly, some that were um, very soft, some that were very hard, just to get his body used to that. 
Did and he have frustration on his own that he couldn't catch it, or, or did did he was he ambivalent about whether or not he catched it or not? No, he, you can tell he's very he's you know he's verbal. He has brain lesions. He has Asperger's. Um, but I could tell that it would make him almost like embarrassed. He would get a little red in the face, and I would always just encourage, "Hey, don't worry about it. You know, this is new. You haven't done this before." Um, and so we would, we actually started, and this would be on the Coach Dave show, but we started, and he's on there. It's it's amazing to watch. But um, we started where I would just hand him the ball, just starting, just right next to each other. We would, that's how we started, and slowly worked our way um, away from that. But now, I, and you'll see this on the Coach Dave show, he can now catch two balls um, alternately while having his knees and him himself completely balanced on a stability ball. Wow. It, I'm getting goosebumps right now. It is absolutely amazing. And his mom will come down in the basement because I'll show her the progress over the time. And she is just amazed. And not only is she amazed, but he is thrilled. Um, at, I mean, his smile, again, is huge. And he wants to try these new things. And he's eager to try all this stuff. Um, but he really never had that uh, when he was younger. So, wow. Bill is so, so, do, is this, so do a lot of kids, you know, there's a spe- there's special needs um, uh, leagues out there, correct, where they mm-hmm. can play game balls in yeah. type sports. And so then, so if parents really want to help their child on one of these teams, they can actually have you come in and work with their child. Right. Yeah. And I think, and, 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 and those leagues and all the leagues that are out there that are great, like Rowan's mom, she was nervous to put him in soccer um, because it was, it was, I think it was a neurotypical league. Um, I, I hate to use that term, but it was just a regular soccer right. league. But, again, it's the coaches weren't ready for him um, or they didn't understand. And yeah. she was nervous, but I told her, I said, he's okay. Just let him go in there, and then if we need to make some visual supports, we need to do something – you know, then we'll do it. But to get him engaged with his peers, um, yeah. But I think soccer, on a side note, soccer is probably one of the most challenging sports to teach, the oh, most okay. unstructured sport. But, right. um, yeah. Oh, that makes sense, right. Yeah. So what Baseball. What are good sports then to for, for parents to get their kids involved in? I think, I mean, I, I saw a lot of success with baseball um, at the school that I was teaching at because it's very structured. Um, you can lay your visual supports anywhere, arrows to first base, arrows to second base, stop sign on first base. Um, you can have, you know, have a pitcher's mound or an area for them to stand. You can put footprints in the outfield or footprints at the base um, in order to get them used to that, um, right. at least to the structure of where to stand and where to go. Um, basketball, again, very challenging, a lot of gross motor movement with the bouncing the balls and things like that. Um, but I did see a lot of success with uh, with with the with the baseball. The other thing I also want parents to know is that a lot of our kids, especially if your child is nonverbal, don't think that maybe a sport is the way to go. That's why I think that movement first and sport second. Let's just get them moving their bodies. A, a ball could be very intimidating, especially if it's a hard baseball or even a big soccer ball kicking at them. They have no idea. So uh, sports sometimes is not is not always your best option um, in order to get them moving. But for some kids, it may be exactly what you need. So or simply sports that, that don't involve 
contact as much. I know that uh, Joey's PE coach had great success with like snowshoeing and cross country skiing with mm-hmm. and bike riding, different other different sports that he didn't re- require him to learn a lot of rules other than like rules of the road. But um, and he he really enjoyed those types of of things. Yeah. But yeah. I know that your big thing is you're wanting to get them interacting with the peers, and that's a big part of the therapy. So yeah. having something like where they can toss a ball back and forth is is more than just exercise. It's actual growing, growing in relationship building. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and it's not. Yeah, it's it's yes. That's one thing that I want. But being in the schools, being with all the parents over the years, um, I knew that that was important. And and to them as parents that they want their children interacting uh, with their peers. And so trying to develop that model and that structure, that's what I tried to do. And I still try to do it to this day because it is, it, it's, it's vital. They need it and they need that interaction. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we are about out of time and I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what you do, which is I've always wondered that honestly, <laughs> I know, I know that uh, you're the, the people that you work with absolutely adore you, and I'm just so excited that I now can speak a little more confidently with my knowledge <laughs> as to as to how how you do things. I'm also finding a lot of clarity in myself through this because I'm understanding now why I like working in a station with, next to somebody or to, how I build my own skills, and I think it's I. I think that when you talk about autism, it's just fundamental everybody. I mean, it's just the basics of how we all learn, and then, um, but it's we have to exaggerate it a little bit stronger because of their their needs. But it, it all makes sense to me. Yeah. No, and I'm proud uh, of you, Miss Betsy, for uh, doing your exercise now too. It's awesome. I, you know, it's funny that this whole thing with weight loss. It, it, I'm not losing any weight. I'm gaining my, like, it, it, please tell me that it's okay that you can gain weight if you're on an exercise program. Because my, yeah, it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's okay, but have you noticed it, maybe... Uh, my size not, has gone down. I've gone down a size and a half, but I'm just like, I'm building muscle, and it's like, hey, there's no actual pounds being lost. But, yeah. No, but and, I can and, arm and, wrestle now. I, You know, I've got those great traits, and I can walk up a flight of stairs like nobody's business. All right, well, go easy on uh, Dr. Hicks over there, too. Don't, don't... <laughs> That's why he joined, too, because he's afraid that I'm going to just like, <laughs> wrestle to the ground. All right, we have got to go. Thank you so much. Uh, to get a hold of David, please visit his website at ecautism.com. And um, I'm Betsy Hicks from Elementals Living. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.